0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hello. Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia.
1: In any existing business, there is so much space and room to enhance, innovate it. Remember, sa mundong ito paulit ulit naman. Eh. Bihira naman talagang may magpapapap na, na new concept na from from heaven. Once in a lifetime, maybe. But most that you will see are balikan natin ang successful brands. There are a lot of twists, a lot of innovation that makes them different. That's it. You just have to open your eyes.
2: And good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you are watching here in the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. In this podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets in business? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this new new normal. Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know, drop me a message. I would love to learn from them. Tonight, a very special guest, a good friend of mine. I've learned so much uh, from this gentleman when it comes to franchising and marketing and pivoting your business, especially during a pandemic. He is Richie Kuna. He is a businessman and entrepreneur who owns Pure Gelato, a brand that sells pure Italian ice cream. It is the flagship of his group called the Milken Group, which Kuno also owns. Aside from Pure Gelato, he also created the brand's Donburi Mix, which is a casual Japanese dine-in, uh, DM Express, which is Japanese quick eats, and Kurimi Milk Tea Bar, which is very popular right now being a Japanese milk tea. His businesses uh, survived and thrived and pivoted in the pandemic. And I'd like to hear from him um how he was able to do that at the same time. He was also encouraged. He also worked together with his friend uh, John Chung, also another franchise expert, in coming up with the brand Kurimi. And with that, please welcome here right now to our show Richie Kuna. Richie, welcome.
1: Yes. Uh, good evening, my friend RJ. Thank you so much for. Hey your Richie, how are you
2: doing? Tonight. Thanks so much for joining us here today.
1: Yeah, we're we're fine, and of course, uh, very excited
2: that you guested us tonight, RJ. Here's the biggest news about Mr. Richie Kuna and why I'm having here right now. Uh, right now, Richie Kuna, the owner of Milkin, is celebrating 30 years uh, of uh, of Milkin here in the country, and he's got several brands under his platform, which of course include not only Fior Gelato. He's also got, like I said, DM Express. He's got Donburi. He's got Kurimi. Richie, tell us a bit more about those brands and just how many you have around the country right now. Yes, R.J. Uh, mentioning
1: the the celebration which we'll be having uh, this coming Wednesday, you no, know, September fourteenth, and of course we are very glad that uh, the company has reached its thirtieth uh, in the business. No, I know it was not easy, but it's purely, um, I think it's more the the, the guts of the group, no? to continue operating for for almost three decades, and as uh, you mentioned, R.J. Uh, Yes, we are carrying brands like Fear Gelato, which is, was, which is our pioneering brand when we started uh, 30 years ago. And it has grown to other brands you know, like, uh, of course, the DM Express, Dumburi Mix, and lately, eventually, the, the Japanese Milty. So if you'll notice, uh, we've been carrying products which are a bit similar, like both uh, the DM Express, which is a Japanese casual uh, dine-in setup, and the the Kurimi are both of a Japanese uh, concept or team, so uh, I think these are the the brands we have been carrying for the past uh, uh, thirty years. And uh, of course, uh, uh, things are just starting. No? when we se- we will celebrate by on Wednesday, I said to the group, uh, maybe this is just a start of another thirty years in the industry. So again, uh, we are very happy and very excited that finally. We reached the peak of uh, our target of hitting a 30 years in the business. Um, They were asking me uh, recently, uh, Richie, after your 30 years in the business, what's next? So I just told them, uh, of course, uh, we would not let go of what we have created for the past 30 years. In fact, uh, like the Kurimi brand, which only uh, was launched in 2019, I would say still very young and uh, much to be done. Much to be expected. It's growing at a rate wherein we get excited, I would have to say, every day. It's a it's a product or brand which we foresee uh, growing uh, more in the next few years. So they were asking me, are you planning for another 30 years no, after your celebration on Wednesday? I said, of course, we're just starting to, to get into a new era of the milking group. So uh, I'm I'm so happy that uh, RJ uh, invited us tonight, because uh, this is a chance for us to, of course, not only to uh, to share what we have accomplished for the past three decades, but also to uh, to share some tips, maybe some tips on how uh, upcoming or startup business can can learn from uh, what we have done for the past uh, thirty years. So uh, another question which was uh, asked from us. Uh, just this morning, no, I was meeting some of my colleagues who would be uh, participating on our anniversary on Wednesday. Uh, they keep asking, Richie, um, it seems that the event will focus not only on the achievements for the past 30 years, but uh, more on uh, uh, sharing the not only the tips, but uh, the secrets.
2: Congratulations on the 30th uh, anniversary. And, and I keep in mind, but from, how, many did you, how many did you start with, and how many do you have right now all over the country of uh, of, of your gelato? Sure, gelato has reached around 150 stores.
1: Wow! Uh, prior to the pandemic, But obvious, obvious for obvious reasons, uh, we were reduced. You no, know? we were affected by the lockdowns. But nevertheless, it's picking up. Those schools are open, businesses are hopefully back to normal. I would say. Uh, DM Express has reached 30 stores, both uh, the counter type and the inline stores. But amazing is the Kurimi. Uh, RJ, you've been mm-hmm. yeah, in the all Kurimi all these years. Uh, when we started in 2019, we just had three stores. It was supposed to be launched March of 2020. and uh, It was exactly the same month that uh, we had the pandemic. So people were saying, are you crazy, Richie? Will you continue? Launching a, a new product, a new brand in the Philippines. So I said, why not? No, it's a it was planned. So right now we are uh, hopefully uh, will reach around 60 stores by December. So it's a growth which I would say uh, calculated as far as the the program of the company, but very exciting. RJ, it's really exciting uh, times I would say.
2: And I'm also very excited for you as well, Richie. And, and you know, in celebration of your 30th anniversary, I think it's very apt for many entrepreneurs who have to actually listen to the show to understand really the journey that you went through to build it up uh, to that to those many branches, and also what are the strategies that you used to be to be able to to scale uh, the brand that way. So you know, the interesting story which many people don't know: 30 years ago, when you began your journey as an entrepreneur, was that you weren't anything close to being a food entrepreneur. You were you were a banker. Is that right?
1: Yes, RJ, uh, it was really a career for me. No? I mean, my banking is really my focus during those years. But like you guys, like RJ, of course, you have the, the entrepreneurial uh, blood in you. You cannot mm-hmm. help it, but, uh, divert. No? So what I did that time was to do both. I continued my as a banker for, it's reached around 25 years and decided to pursue my entrepreneurial journey. So it was simultaneous, RG, which is advantageous. no? It, it helped me because you get both sides of the world, like a corporate and your own enterprise as an entrepreneur. So it was really, it started that way. And uh, I would say it's really, uh, if I I will go back to where I started, I would tell you, RJ, I don't know how, how I did it. Oh, hold on, that's what happened. I was going to ask you. Eh? It just happened as things went. So I went to the flow of things which were happening. But again, it was not an overnight thing no i did my own planning it was honestly i keep on telling this we did a 25 years program it was a plan which i really had to follow and luckily despite all the crisis all the crisis of the 80s the 90s no we were able to be on board no uh, at the right track so i think that was a blessing which i keep on saying thank you for that blessing
0: Plushcare.com slash weight And
2: I'm just wondering, uh, when you started it off, because I mean, of course, we were all younger during those times, 25 years ago, 30 yeah. years yeah. ago. How exactly? I mean, because many people are wondering right now, when is the right time for me to continue my day job? And then yeah. finally, yeah. Uh, and then because you're, you're burning both ends, Debo. you're working day yeah. on, on, your, on your day job, you're working night on, on your on your entrepreneurial job. When did you decide it was time for you to finally say, you know, I'm going to leave my day, day job to pursue uh, the, my entrepreneurship passion? You know, RJ, it wasn't easy. It was a
1: nightmare initially. It was a nightmare. Imagine leaving a um, secure job, no? being a bank executive, and uh, just letting go of all these uh, opportunities in the career. But I said, uh, enough is enough. No? So midway... Uh, when I reached my 25 years in banking, I said, uh, maybe it's about time to do a full time entrepreneurial job for me. So, uh, as I say, it was sleepless nights, but, uh, no regrets. No? I would talk now of these things, but, uh, during the time it was not easy. So I would normally tell people not to just jump to the next, uh, to the next thing. No, it's a matter of preparation. Uh, it's not only uh, mental, emotional, or even physical because you'll be doing things left and right as an entrepreneur, but even financial. You'll be losing mm-hmm. those uh, freebies and high-paying job as a banker. And you'll be starting from what? Maybe negatives? <laughs> maybe at the start of your business, you will feel something like, is it worth it? But it was um, a preparation. It was a preparation. If you ask me how long, I cannot say days or months, it was a process. It was a process. No? Uh, and as I said, it was not, not overnight. It was a preparation inside me on the aspect which I mentioned. Mental, physical, emotional, and financial. And one day, we'll, things will say, Richie, this is it. This is it. No turning back. If you pursue leaving your corporate job, of course, you can turn back and say, can I come back? Boss, can I come back, come back to your bank, but it's a decision to cross that bridge and say, this is it for me. So um, it's really the person who can say, this is the right time for me to move on.
2: Got that. And then when you, so you did make that, cross. I mean, it was not, it's not an easy decision to make, no? And, and when you did it, you just had that entrepreneurial drive. You sort of had sort of like a backup plan was to go back into banking if ever, right? I mean, that, that's how I... I I well, uh, perceive it to be.
1: When, when I decided to leave my banking career, the milking corporation was already moving. It was already working okay. for a couple of years. And I said, uh, if and when I decide to come back, there's no problem because, uh, again, many were take getting me as a consultant because I was still fresh from the career. But I said, uh, maybe on the side I can. I did a little of those services for these institutions, but the focus was there, RJ. I think you, you need that focus because if you're half-baked on moving on, chances are you keep on looking back. Can I come back? Can I still do what my, I used to be? You just have to be very decisive. When you say,
2: I will move on to the next career, you have to be decisive. And when you initially chose, let's say, when you said, I, I want to be an uh, entrepreneur, you're still in the banking industry, so you had, you had set your sights to eventually putting up your own business. Uh, among the different opportunities that were available to you at the time, why specifically did you choose to do the ice cream business? Was it a passion of yours? Was there a certain problem that you were trying to solve? I mean, how did you fall into this? Well, first and foremost, RJ, I'm an
1: ice cream lover, like you guys, very much on the ice cream. Huh? And uh, I said when uh, I decided to uh, create a business at time, I wanted to a business which will cater to a lot of the young ones and the not so young and maybe the old ones. So I came up with an ice cream. In fact, I started with sorbetes and it was really more of fun uh, doing things which I love to eat (laughs) and uh, eventually uh, decided this could be a good business. When you do business, of course, it has has to be something which you want to do. Imagine this is Mm -hmm. doing things for the past 30 years. So that's obviously I'm an ice cream lover no and uh, many would like to enter to a business but at the end of the day the inter- the business doesn't even have the interest in themselves so that's difficult no why enter to a business which you don't you hate doing it it's not only because there's money coming in but you have to do something which you love to do it for the next 3 decades or so so that's really where I started no is the interest the like uh, of doing a business initially.
2: And, and when you came up with the first flavors of the sorbetero, okay, let's just say, sorbetero, diba, yung diba? sa yes, Filipino yes. ice cream. You, yes. you were the one who formulated it yourself. Yes, yes. create. How's it like?
1: Of course, RJ, and dun yung natin. No? Of course, the ube, your queso, your macapuno, your chocolate. These are basics, no? basic flavors which are practically can be what's uh, anywhere. So my need ice cream came in more of a sorbetes, you no, know, of catering to parties. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, uh, that's where the 25 years plan came in. I need a uh, a brand or a product which will bring you to to where we are right now. So I said I mm-hmm. need a to upscale, you no, know, a ice cream business. That's where Fiore Gelato came in, you no, know? and. Um, the uh, gelato issue's history since then.
2: And how did you evolve from just doing Sorbetero? So you said, okay, but Sorbetero, I cannot scale this to the degree that I want to scale it yeah. Yeah. When did you finally move towards saying, okay, I'm going to choose this type of ice cream to this particular niche, uh, Italian ice cream? And also, how did you move in that direction to create uh, the fior Gelato brand?
1: In fact, the, 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 the Sorbetes... Uh, was a simultaneous, no? We did the, sor- the sorbetes and the gelato because it's a different market. So it's okay. practically enjoying, no? Doing all these uh, ice cream recipes and formulation. I think this story has really uh, inspired a lot of our startup entrepreneurs on the business side of mm-hmm. ice cream. I would even meet some of those who, who were listening to us 30 years ago. And they are already in the business of ice cream, no? And of course, I'm happy because it was a inspiration for them that if Pure Gelato can do it, why can't we not do it? So wow. it's it's a good it was a good uh, um, history for Pure Gelato in these thirty years.
2: Okay, then the, tell me about uh, from the first what it was like when you put up the first branch? Where, where was the first branch? How was it like um, for you when, you, when, you, when you, your first freestanding stall? Yeah, like
1: any of us, RJ. You no, know, our first clients are our. Surroundings, friends, relatives, aunties, aunts, and eventually became a uh, a uh, request from most of the parties. No? So it really started from there. But I said, uh, this is not this is not what I want. I need a. Uh, if you see the history of Milking Group, we would always create a uh, a concept which is different. During that time, when I say Fjord Gelato, what is pure Gelato, RJ? Is it a, a, a dress? Is it a boutique? Yes, gelato. So during that time, you need to explain you know, what uh, gelato what is Fjord Gelato. There's a lot of, uh, of um, effort to explain and uh, make sure people understand what they're selling. But uh, this, those were the birth pains of uh, creating an unknown brand, a uh, not so famous uh, concept for ice cream. Oh, but it was really a process. Uh, it was all part of that 25 years program, which we did 25 years ago for Pure Gelat.
2: Well, so you're on, you're on track right now. Cause, cause you I, hit the that's something
1: I, wish I keep on saying, thanks God we were able to do it on track.
2: Because we know a lot
1: of our colleagues who either lost focus on what they're doing, lost the interest in what they're doing, or even practically just diverted. Overnight, I hate doing this, I just do it different thing the next day. But at least in our part, um, I was very religious on what we really wanted to do all these yeah. many years.
2: And that's often what they describe us as, as grit right? in the book. In the book, yes. of Angela yeah. Doc, grit is passion and perseverance over yeah. the long term. Whether, yeah. you, whether you like to do what you do or you, you don't like what you're doing, but you do, do it every day because yes. it must be done.
1: Yeah, that's why I said earlier, you have to do you have to get into a business which you love to do. Imagine. This is not three days or three weeks or three months or three years. This is three decades of doing your
2: your business, like gelato. Wow. And then, so Richie, after the first branch, um, what was the strategy after that? Because, okay, it was successful. When did you know? What was the next point on how to grow the brand, whether it's company-owned or to start like, uh, we've had Jomag was, was actually my first guest over here. Jomag of Potato Corners, mm-hmm. my first guess that franchising was going to be your strategy to grow the business. Because, like, for Jomag, he said, you know, at the very start, my next, I'm really going to use franchising to, to grow the business. In Japsia, the same way, ba? Yeah. What was your own uh, plan to, to, to grow?
1: Okay. Franchising was always there, no? In fact, these are our colleagues, you know, Jomag, and the rest of the guys. No? We start, all started more or so less the same years, no? In the early 1990s, or something like that, mid 1990s. And um, my really focus was not to jump into franchising right away. You know, I mm-hmm. said, uh, let's give it a couple of years. I want to see the, the A to Z, the ins and outs no, of running a business before I share the concept to a franchising platform. So, mm-hmm. uh, but behind my mind, franchising was always there. I remember we were one of those uh, guys who were pioneering in the franchising industry those years. And of course, we were really uh, introducing this platform as a vehicle for entrepreneurs to expand their business. But again, there should be a lot of careful studies. You have to safeguard the system. These are birth pains, I would say. No? It was not easy during those years. But I think perseverance and discipline, I think I will keep repeating this, the discipline of an entrepreneur a discipline of a franchisor to be, is very important. This is not a matter of expanding just for the sake of numbers. This is not just a matter of getting money from your franchises, which is say no-no. This is just, just not a matter of just doing things to make things good no? in the face of people. These are responsibilities. These are moral obligations on our part to share our business and let them expand it. No, through our franchising program. So it was not easy for, uh, during the initial stages.
2: And when you talk about the initial stages, I hope you don't mind. I mean, we, we've, been, we've gone through many challenges and the pandemic is just the latest. Yeah. Uh, but we often talk about the, the problems in putting up the, the business. And there, there were great challenges that came in, in establishing it, uh, both external and internal crisis. External, I'm sure the Asian Economic crisis was something that yeah, you went through. Yeah, uh, what, were the, what, what, were the, what were the greatest challenges that, that you went through? I mean, so people can also learn how they can fortify themselves in the future. Parang, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go through these problems, but what was your perspective? How did you handle them at those times? If you can you, share you know, RJ,
1: you, you know, RJ, and the rest of our uh, listeners, it is important that the company, or even the people running the company, has always in their mindset that they should be ready for any crisis that will come in. You just don't move when the crisis just is in front of you. I think this is a culture which uh, is presently, or from the start, present with the milking group. Because remember, during the 1990s, uh, during our first decade in the business, and John R.J., Asian term oil, things were very uncertain during those early and mid-1990s, I would say. And uh, seguro we were we learned to do it as a habit, and we have gone to the second decade of so many other crises, internal or external. So when the crisis came in of the pandemic on our third decade, on our third year, on our thirtieth year, parang sanay na eh, Naging culture namin that any crisis we have to be ready. That's why I know you. We had a lot of sessions during the pandemic, RJ. You were doing a lot of interviews. I already mentioned this, that when the crisis came in in March 2022, mga may palang onboard na yung milking group for another, we were already moving for a, a adjustment of what we should do on a new normal. That fast, no? it was a instant for all of us to just do a uh, reinventing of ourselves as early as, early as that uh, stage uh, of the 2020. So it was a habit. So I think uh, for people who would say, when should I be prepared? It's be prepared from the start. You can never know when the
2: crisis will come in. R- really, really sage advice coming from you. And I want to go a bit into what you actually did uh, uh, for, for your brands you know, during that time. Because no, you, were, you, were, you were juggling multiple brands technically no. during that time no. No. just to see how, how it would work. No, but let's, let's, let's talk a bit more on the positive side. You know, when, when we struggle, uh, when we do our own struggles as we are, I guess, moving up and the birth pains that happened in the company. You know, there's a, there comes a certain point when you feel like, wow, parang, this is a milestone or I've made it. Wh- when did it feel like that for you in, in the 25 years of Korean? What was the first time you felt like, I'm sorry, in, in, uh, in Fugilato where you felt, wow, this is going to be well, good. This
1: is going to succeed. Well, uh, for Milking Group, as in general, RJ, you know, I think the, the first 10 years was a milestone. Huh? That was a big celebration. God, Finally, we hit the 10th year. No, and that was for gelato. Then came in our 25 years on LALIO from 10 to 25. No. And wow, I maybe this is it. We did our 25 years. I said, can I retire? <laughs> can I just rest? RJ, uh, because we already hit 25 years. But God, it was just a start of things happening for us. No. And as I said, now on our 30th feeling, call, we're just starting another episode of another 30 years. So those stages came in by numbers like 10, 25, and 30. And every time you reach a 10th or 25th or 30th year or anniversary, it feels something new again, RJ. Because, uh, right now, we are more excited because more will happen for the next few years. You Milking Group, we keep on developing new concept products we're uh, no? I mean, hibernate. we natin hibernate during, the, oh, oh. during yes. the pandemic. Yes, and they are being developed, uh, right, waiting for the right time. And when they're ready, we launch it. That's how we think. That's how the culture of the company has been moving for the past 30
2: years. So, so in other words, what we, what we look at really is, is Milken as a group and just Fior Gelato yes. as a flagship, but not the main brand of Milken. So, Milken was really built as a I guess, a food and uh, food and beverage innovation company. Is that right? Where you were just when, churning uh, out ideas.
1: When, um, when Gelato was starting to move and started to divert to like uh, the Triumix, which is our Dumburi DM Express, uh, automatic, they became a milking group. That's what mm, happened. But these are all independent companies under one umbrella. And later on came in other other, other companies and recently of course our kurimi which is the kurimi multi enterprise company which is again another independent company under the umbrella of milk group so you're starting to only not manage one but the rest of the brands no which
2: is very effective now when you, when you were growing milk and i'm just curious okay you started Fior gelato when did you know that it was time to branch out into a new concept tell us a bit more about what is the story from fur gelato then you, all of a sudden you develop donburi mix how did that come about Okay, going back to the twenty-five years program, I said on this particular
1: stage, no plus minus it can happen two years later, it can happen two years before the cut the the target date. We need to launch a new concept. Of mm-hmm. course, obviously, RJ na sa food tayo no? mo kami. and uh, we don't go to other industries which are not uh, of our line. No? That's something you have to focus on area which is of your expertise. So. Uh, uh Triumix came in a bit late, much later. I think that was eight, nine years ago for Triumix. And eventually uh the, the Kurimi, which was a long-term plan. No, you know, young Milti RJ, even 12 years ago, we really wanted already to get into the business of Milty. But we were small. Nobody even listened to us or even entertained us to get a master franchise. So I said, no problem. We are small, but we can just keep on moving. So I said, maybe. Let's just I, mean, I just buy one branch of a milk franchise, RJ, because I believe on the industry. You know? I think this is an industry which will be uh, just right for the era. Uh, that's how I read it. Eh. Mm-hmm. Era ang product, eh, you know? So I said that maybe just get a franchise, one store, and enjoy the business. But again, I didn't get the opportunity. Most of our colleagues said, Richie, you're just kidding. You're you're. This is a joke. I don't think you're serious. And I said no. I am serious. I just want just want one store. That frustration brought me to the point of guys. Why don't we just create or get a a, a concept from outside the country? Which my priority was Japanese. So I have to mm-hmm. contact my Japanese partners of your gelato. For many, oh, you have businesses. Japanese? Wait, so sorry, you got
2: Japanese partners, for for gelato
1: Yes, we opened gelato with another brand in Japan for the longest time, but we were hit oh, by the We were hit by the the big crisis of the tsunami. I think it was two two fifteen, something like that, two fourteen. No, so uh, I have to say pack up, kami, RJ. I have to bring back all my equipment equipments and close the stores in Japan. Uh, even Malaysia had to close. So it was an episode which I would say learning. is a learning thing for us. It was a crisis which had beyond our control. When the MILTI came up in 2018, the first thing I did was to collaborate with them, bring me a Japanese concert, 2018. And we did a uh, test run in 2019 and supposedly a launching of March 2020.
2: Wow, what great timing, huh? To, yes, RJ.
1: And also my colleague said, Richie, not because we don't believe in you, but I think, Guy, you're so crazy. You're just so crazy to continue a new business, a new brand, a known brand, during a crisis. So I said, why not? This is, this is part of the plan. This is part of the plan. I don't even know what will happen the next day. But this is a plan which I believe... Planning was an effective tool for the past 25 years. So let's just do it. They said, Were you afraid? No, not afraid. More of excitement. I was so positive that things will do well with a launching. In fact, there was not even a formal launching, RJ. bakal <laughs> mm, launching ito ba October ko rimi officially.
2: It was
1: just a process of just moving as demand comes in. Launching will be just still October, which is three years after.
2: So, Very interesting.
1: Wow. Um, exciting, right? Very exciting.
2: Amazing, I would say. And, and when you put Kurimi up, um, I'm going to go back a bit before we talk a bit more about Kurimi. You don't worry mix was also an idea you formulated inside Milk. I mean, it was a company yes. inside yes. Milk that was formulated. Um, yeah. I want to ask you why, why, Jap- why don't worry? Was it because you're Japanese partners? Was it because you like Japanese food? First and foremost, I grew up in Japan when I was in grade
1: school. I studied there. And I loved not only the culture, but the food. RJ, you know that, no? Japanese food. So a comfort food for me. And uh, obviously, living there for the longest time, absorbed really the interest of only, not only the culture, but the businesses, no? So I really wanted to have a Japanese concept for the longest time, no? I uh, don't want to buy anymore. I just said to eat in my store. So I said, uh, let's, let's pursue, no, uh, Dumbo Remix." Mix. No? Of course, it was really hit by, like most of us, no, mga inline stores natin RJ, no, during the pandemic, but it was established well, no? And, um, it had a good, uh, base, I would say, no, a foundation, which you can always just keep on pushing the button and pursue a DM Express or Dumbu Remix. No, the foundation was there. Although it was hit, but again, it's not, not an issue. We can always uh, bounce back and continue doing it uh, anytime, anytime. Yeah. So like it, this is the reason why I really wanted the, the Japanese concept. No? Not because I grew up there, but um, mm. you like lo- the culture. You like the culture. And, uh, like the, culture. and, uh, and the team, and uh, of course,
2: the, the food. the food. Um, Here's the interesting thing that I want to ask. I mean, uh, you can say saying you were hit, but you were able to immediately... Uh, get up again. Yeah. Take, me, take me back to the, that pandemic situation. I'm, I'm sure, just like you, like my own business Mercato, you had to close yes, that many of yes. places because of, you know, yeah. we couldn't open up. Yeah. What was the exact pivot that you had? What did you, what did you have to do? Did you have to downsize? Did you have to change the lineup? Because it's ice cream and it, it's, it's a product that people must consume at once. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, delivery might have been an option, but we don't know. You weren't built. Your job might not have been built for delivery at the time, for yeah. e-commerce and delivery. Yeah, so exactly, how, exactly. Do, how did you pivot yeah, yeah. how do you like prepare your gelato and, and uh, don't worry during that, that pandemic? The the good reason behind being prepared for a crisis is
1: you have your assignments done ahead of time. No? we just have to get it from the shelves and implement it. So in the case, yeah, right, RJ was mentioned. How can reach what will happen with your ice cream your gelato? You just keep on melting. No, so definitely uh, we were on board on selling our scooping gel, my, our scooping stations. No. Of gelato, which is which was impossible, and uh, put it into pints. So, we were practically selling our uh, uh, pints. No, our distribution was developed, uh, digital. No, so immediately we had to use this platform during the pandemic, and now you have both you have your scooping station, the traditional, and you have your online. So these are the benefits of what happened for the past two years because we were forced to implement it. Again, these are in the shelves. I, I will keep on repeating, be prepared. Put them in the shelves. The right time to say you need them, then use it. I think that was the same concept with Rio Mix. Raw restaurants, RJ, both of us were crying, no restaurants for us, our stores were <laughs> closed. Uh, like RJ, uh, RJ was even quicker than anybody to pivot and create your your creations, of all your businesses. And uh, if there's no restaurants, uh, we just have to pack all our items and sell it online, our frozen products. So it was a principle that was used basically because you were ready. You, know, you just don't do it when the crisis is in front of you. You have to be prepared ahead of time. So you had a sort of business continuity plan uh, that you could pull off the shelf. Is that right? If you will term it that way, maybe yes. But you know, as you know, my background was really on business development. All my time years with the bank, Mm -hmm. Uh, business development, uh, crisis management. (laughs) Maybe these things of the past has made me a, a culture in me to keep on doing this, even if you don't need it. If you don't need it just develop it. Maybe one day you might need it. And so happened. We
2: need it. So it was easy. It's like insurance. It's your business insurance. <laughs> the planning yeah, is in, in, yeah, in a way, In a way. Got that. So you're playing with this in the mind. I mean, the interesting thing is I'm thinking about it right now is that you had Creamy and then you had DMX and you were, you know, you were having to quickly uh, pivot the business. But at the same time, you, what, you juggled one more, uh, one more brand yeah. which was Creamy yeah. over here. How did you grow that in, in the midst of this pandemic?
1: Uh, you, you know, Corimi was a real challenge. Imagine you're already entering a, a, um, a venue wherein there's no lights, <laughs> no people. You know, to was inside that uh, stadium, if I would say. it is really blanco. No? But uh, what I was holding on is on a, a plan, a vision, that there is something inside that dark room or that venue. There is something. And all we have to do is uh, be ready and be firm that we will enter that dark room. That was my philosophy at that time. And I pursue. Oh my God, when you enter that dark room, there were so many uh, streams of possible revenues inside that dark room. I think it was really a challenge.
2: Wow. Wow. And just like how, how many, you said uh, 2020, you just launched it in the midst of the pandemic. How many yeah. kurimis do you have right now? 60 will open by December. Most of them 60.
1: are under construction, yeah? under construction, under training. Uh, but definitely it will reach 60 by December.
2: 60 in two and a half years amidst this pandemic. What an achievement yeah. uh, uh, for you guys.
1: You ask me, RG will keep on asking me, Richie, what, how did you do it? It was a step-by-step. Step. It was not overnight. It was really hard work. You know, RJ, I came back 30 years ago. You're the captain of the ship. You have to do everything. You have to be uh, on board in all the activities because it's a baby for you. Something new. And remember, this is a crisis and you're doing it during a
2: pandemic. Uncertainty, right? Wow. And... Were these expanded via company-owned or were these franchise uh, stores, much of these stores that you opened up?
1: Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, It was a... uh, We were trying to balance how many stores we can give as a franchise, how many stores we have to operate as company-owned. And, uh, of course, obviously, we need company-owned to really do a lot of testing for the enhancement of Torimi. Um, Remember... Not only we are operating on our own; we are operating with multiple challenges and competitors all over. I think that's one uh, big challenge which we have to not un- only uh,
2: see but uh, fully understand. Though. Wow! And, and um, talking about uh, expanding Kurimi in, by, by franchising, um, there may be people also entrepreneurs listening to the show also right now. For wondering, they do have a brand; they they have a small company or whatever they have, a service business or a or, or food business, how do they, I mean, based on your experience and um, on your rich experience, no, how do they know that it's time to finally bring in franchising as a strategy to grow? That's the first question. The second question is, uh, like you were saying, but that's being mixed between a company-owned and a yeah. you know, company-owned stores and then stores which are franchised. How do they... What is there a certain rule of thumb to know how many stores should be under you and under a franchise? Let's start with the first question. I'm sure you get that all the time. But how do people know that my business is good for franchising or it's not good for franchising? And when do I do it? You know,
1: this is the most tricky part, RJ. You know this very well. You are an expert on this. And uh, I I keep on telling uh, startup entrepreneurs, uh, be careful of just riding the wagon of the success of franchising. Be very careful. No? Uh, it sounds good. It sounds exciting. It sounds amazing because expansion left and right. But remember, these were done by your franchisors, not overnight. It was hard work. And um, understanding when a particular business is franchisable or not is the biggest challenge. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean because I have a uh, show my business and the rest of the show my brands are doing well. You'll do well. Yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't go that way. It's just purely a simple copycat, I would say. Same way with Milti. But what comes there is you have to be different. You have to be unique. You have to be different from the rest of your show my counterparts left and right. Otherwise, you're just killing each other. This happens because you just keep on riding to the success of what you see. It gets to you need to have a, uh, a very different, a uh, very dif- uh, unique selling point, no? as they would say. No? Otherwise, it will not move. It will not move. No? It will just be a short leave and you'll be the same with the rest. So uh, uniqueness of a new concept, for me, no? is very important. No? RJ is a creator of, Innovate, innovative concepts. No, and you know what I mean here. It's just if you, you just keep on doing a simple Mercato <laughs> RJ, nothing will happen. Yours is exactly not only unique, but distinct. I would say something really done by experts, something which is different from the rest. So that is very important. I think that's one of the first tasks of an entrepreneur. If they, they decide to franchise their business. No, be something, Of course, definitely. Never be just a simple copycat. Many were asking, Richie, you still get into a multi-business? dami niyan. flooded, left and right, up and down. Even if your eyes are closed, you will still see a lot of brands. That's how we term it, no? And dami. But he said, no, that's not an issue because we have a something which we are offering. We're confident with the with the team, with the concept. And uniqueness was there. Otherwise, bibili na milk in the corner. a lot. Eh. That's right. Just that's to right. satisfy my taste bud, right, RJ? As simple that's as right.
2: that. And I just want to emphasize that point. And we always tell people that, you know, some people call it the unique selling proposition, but it's really, yeah. you know, it's like saying, you know, so many people right now are saying, get a takoyaki franchise, get a shawarma mm-hmm. franchise, get a milk tea franchise. Yeah. But you know, if they're very generic and you know nobody yeah. is going to want to get that. Fra- I mean, in the longer run, talo yung mga franchisees mo because yeah, they want exactly. the to make money the franchisor, but the franchisee yeah. because there's no uniqueness to the concept, it's not going to stand out in the minds of exactly. the consumer, yeah, right? Exactly.
1: We have worked on this a lot, RJ, with your Easy Franchise School, we have worked on this a lot, we have discussed on this a lot, on sustainability of uh, brands which can be franchisable. And uh, we want, of course, to make sure if you start introducing a brand, a concept, that has to be forever, as would say. That has to be sustainable. Sustainability is important. It cannot be one year, two years. And forget about that. Your franchises will kill you. That will That's that will right. kill us. So these are very critical initial part of planning. You know, if you get, want to get into this kind of industry.
2: So let's just just for an academic exercise. What is the franchisability of pure gelato? What did it What made it different from let's say getting any other ice cream? I think first and
1: foremost, uh, during when we started 30 years ago. Very few were in the gelato business. If I just wanted an ice cream or sorbetes, it's all over. no? Uh, first streets, right? They're all over. But I, I really wanted to create something which is of a premium. No? Gelato, done fresh on-site, fresh, uh, a bit healthy, I would say, uh, more gourmet. It was a niche which we started with for gelato. And the rest is history.
2: Got that. And then having said that, no, let's take a look now at, at Donburi mix. I mean, ja- Japanese food. Daimadasen yan, technically. So what made uh, yeah. the Donburi mix different? Well, in
1: the case of Donburi, the concept was preparing um, quick Japanese uh, food on your fresh on site, no? just in front of you. No? So it created counters or even kiosks wherein um, these items are prepared fresh in your face, right in your face. Freshness was important because most of the stores we just do their their products back in the kitchen, or maybe uh in a hours na on board, no? So in our case, we wanted to create uh, Japanese uh, street food, no. Fresh on side uh, seen by people, and they can just eat it instantly. So it was a concept designed
2: for uh, DM Express, no. And the same way, of course, with Korean. Got it. And finally. Kurimi in the in the universe of Milti's out there. <laughs> what what made it stand out? I mean, to my mind, I see it, but I would just want to help other people also see it as well among the consumers or among people well, who Well, of are
1: course, uh, I'm a lover of Milti of many brands. No, uh, I love the brands. I love their uh, recipe, their taste. Their each and every Milti shop is unique. I would say, no, it has its unique uh, uh, taste and presentation. But in the case of Kurimi, I said. Um, it has to be outside the box, RJ. I keep on repeating this because it will be, if you just create a multi shop, it's just the same, no? It's just the same. There are two parts, no? The taste and the team, the ambiance, the look. And we need both to be unique. Now, in fact, we're already thinking of a third element to make it more unique. <laughs> this is part of the innovation that's happening very fast, no? So uh, without the first two elements, I would not even pursue. So I think that was the basic reason why we created Kurimi. You know? Each and every store is unique from the rest of the 59 stores. So not uniqueness was there. It I myself, when I create a store, we're building up a store, the excitement is very high because each and every store I design. I design the store with the group. And being a a small kid living in Japan, the memories is very clear. Now you not only because you read it in the books, you see on your you watch your Netflix or you your video, etc., you were there for many years. And you if like in the case of my uh, 2D look at the at the uh at yeah, the, at the back behind you right behind this you, is yeah. a typical shibuya, <laughs> no? It's a shibuya crossing, which we are very familiar. No, and in, in each in particular building, I can even imagine in my, in my, in my if I close my eyes, even the Drog Dog, which is very famous there. And this is a concept which is of a collaboration with the franchisee of the franchise store. So each wow. and every store, we discuss it with the franchisee. Mom, sir, if you, were, if you want to open a Kurimi, and what team do you want? Japanese, of course what will be the first thing in your mind? A famous place, a famous, do ba kayo una nag-date ni sir? Do ba kayo nag-honey mo ni sir or ni ma'am? Something which is close to your heart. So each and every store, RJ, has a story to tell. Not only of the of the 2D look, but of the franchisee.
2: Nice. May kwento yan. Di ba? Yes,
1: it's, kasta- it's like they're in Richie, ba? Yes, we did it for you. Isa, yes, may mga anime kimono girl. Na si, si ma'am yun, ha? it's a look of the owner of the store so this is not just a simple milty. it is really a premium i would say maybe an art piece i would say because these are all done by hand these are not stickers these are wow really huh wow I didn't amazing. realize that oh makakatuwa kaya whenever we open a store i would go there because i would direct exactly what i want the artist to to uh, execute
2: it's like you're franchising, but you're still customizing at the same time, which is kind of a unique idea
1: point. because usually... That is the point I was mentioning. It has to be unique. Hindi na pwedeng kapikat-kapikat tayo pare-pareho. Otherwise, bibili na lang ako ng paborito nating milk tea, mga friends natin, di ba? Bibili na lang ako, I'll be satisfied. Hindi pwede. It has to be different. Not only the ambiance, but even the recipe are all concocted by us. Sariling taste. Hindi pwedeng over-the-counter.
2: I'm, finding, I'm, I'm really getting a lot of insight over here, Richie. And another insight yes. I also want to gain is, I guess this is based on corporate objectives of the, of the mother company. But then, how do you know what is the balance between how many franchises you have and how many corporate uh, company-owned? Like, for example, even McDonald's has company-owned and has some franchises. Jollibee's got that and… and From large and small companies, which are into this type of business, into food, usually do have franchises. But how do you know? What's the mix for you? Well, uh, for each and every
1: industry on franchising, they have the numbers on the percentage of how it has to be in in proportion. And in our case, uh, speaking of Kurimi, uh, for me, if I get a couple of company stores on a specific location, which I need, then we're fine. We're fine. I just need, uh, you know, because you want to, to, to make sure that the, the market, no, will accept a Kurimi. So maybe I would get a, a location for an A market, a B market, a C market, no? And understand it. In that way, if there would be some franchises within that class level who would like to open a franchise, I would know. No? And of course, it's a rule of thumb, never franchise without a company owned. But the numbers really depend on you, on, the, on, the, on your objective, why you're opening company-owned stores.
2: Got that. Now, Richie, I know you told me earlier on that, you know, Milken still has a lot of concepts um, in the pipeline. Not that we want you to reveal what these concepts yeah, are, yeah. but then how do you approach the methodology now to approach how to create new food companies, especially given the fact that people might think, wow, I mean, Milk tea, na yan, but you did something interesting. <laughs> Japanese food, na yan, but you oh, did yes. something. And um, the ice cream could have been generic as well, ba? Yes, But yes. you were able to do something. So what is sort of like the philosophy moving forward? I know that you, know, you talked about the idea of uniqueness, uh, of, of you know, a, a strong, you, uh, you know, something customized over there. But moving forward, how do you create these really great concepts that, 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 that will emerge? This is what we call a
1: innovative uh, box, I would say. It's a, box, a toolbox which uh, has been a culture for the past three decades. And that the uh, toolbox is where we, we use it when we need it. So if I feel that a certain brand need a lot of innovation no, or enhancement, I just open the toolbox. No? And once you open the toolbox, do na po yung ngayong tinatawag namin mad scientists, we, we do a lot of innovation, creation, and from there, no, there's no r- exact recipe on this or exact exact formula. No? it's really something that skills of the people behind the company comes out. No? And uh, when I said Kurimi uh, has a lot in store, these are coming from the toolbox. No, it's not just open the toolbox and use it. Of course, you get the tools and you do your product innovation. It's a process. It's a process. Again, you have to do it. Don't wait for that time that, because I have to do it, that's why I, I need this. You have to do it anytime because that is part of your
2: planning. And in terms of the planning, no, the, uh, as we start to wrap up this conversation, it's very, very interesting, Richie, you know, is, is, um For example, when it comes to the point that many people who are starting off, they might think that, you know, um, there's no more space left for me because all the, I mean, usually entre- people are starting out, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, but all these concepts are already out there. What, is, what do you think are still the opportunities that you see? Per- Let's say that if you didn't pursue them, Richie, if you had, like right now, you're pursuing so many different opportunities, so there are things that you've left behind, but then what opportunities do you see emerging for entrepreneurs who want to enter into the food space? Okay. Um,
1: first and foremost, there is no such thing as saturated. Everything that every day that we live, we breathe, there is something new out there. Okay, if there is some, if there is no definite new concept that is available, again there is what we call innovation, creativity of an existing concept. There is always a room for that. Rj, nagugula tayi minsan, bigla lang. But di, sabi ni RJ, hindi ko not isip yun. Pwede pala yun. <laughs> di ba? Oh, yan yung mga
2: so times. Pati pa ni usukin, I exactly the situations na yan. So, RJ,
1: ikaw eh, expert ka diyan, RJ, I know that. And you just think. So, what I what I want to stress here is in any existing business, there is so much space and room to enhance, innovate it. Remember sa mundo paulit-ulit naman eh. Bihira naman talaga may magpapa magpa-pop-up na new concept na from from heaven. Once in a lifetime, maybe, but most that you will see are, balikan natin ang successful brands. There are a lot of twists, a lot of innovation that makes them different. That's it. You just have to open your eyes. Alam mo, I've encountered a lot of entrepreneurs, sir. Ilang linggo, ilang buwan na kami nag-iisip ng concept.
2: Ayun na namin, we're so burnt out, oh. <laughs> RJ. So out jaded, jaded na, diba ba? Kasi lot of creative juice. Runa. mo talagang sinigano. But you don't have to go. Just look around.
1: Focus on the interest of what you want to do. And there is something just beside you. It will not be seen in heaven or in a, a, a market where everything is displayed there for new items. It's just around. You just have to be
2: creative no? and see the, the distinction of a concept. Wow. Thanks a lot, Ricky, for a lot of the inspiration that you've given to us here right yeah, of course, yeah, now. Yeah, now, right. Uh, as we start to wrap up this conversation, you did say that, you know, you were bilkin and sorbetes for gelato. The very start was part of a 25-year plan. Who plans 25 years? Not everybody, but as you can see from your success, successful people plan way ahead of time. But if you were to you know, reflect right now, what would be the best, I guess, pieces of management advice or management hacks that you've, you've learned over the years that you'd like to share with your fellow entrepreneurs As they make their own, as they brave their own way to this uh, new normal environment.
1: Yes, RJ. I think uh, first and foremost, um, you have to enhance your skills no matter what that is. No, It's because I enhance my marketing skills or my financial side of things or the other aspect. For me, no matter. You just have to enhance your skills because you would need it one day. Uh, as a tool. Remember, I keep on telling that, uh, box of tool, toolbox, no? which I've been mentioning. So that's one. You have to en- enhance, keep enhancing your skill, no? And, uh, do plan. Like, uh, in our case, planning was a Bible for us. I would not move without a business plan because that's your guide. Otherwise, Suguro, Arjun, I lost track, out track, all these years with all the distractions. It's, it's obvious to most of us entrepreneurs. It happens. But in this case, plan it. Plan it. You have to be sure of what you want to do. Like Corimi, it was a plan thing. That's why you're kayo. Richie, how do you do these things? It's a plan. No? It's what I call in the office a synchronized program for everybody from my part to my officers and the rest of the team. It has to be synchronized. And lastly, Get into a business, obviously, we keep on and eh, broken record. Na to. Get into a business have you, you have already a skill, you know, not only the interest, but you have know. That's important eh, because it makes things easier for you to be flexible in your journey, in your business. So I
2: think those three items for now are important. Well, thanks so much, Richie, for taking time out to share really yes. great insights. I know it's our preparation that you're doing here again. So again, it's the 30th anniversary uh, of Milken this coming uh, September 14. Very glad to be hosting that event. Richie, yes, any yes. promos right now for uh, for the Milken group that anybody can expect for the 30th anniversary? Well, so uh, on, on
1: September 14, which is uh, the anniversary of the Milken group, no? um, I know all the branches are giving free first 30... Customers for a free multi. Yeah, hey! To buy anything, just be there the first 30 years. This is nationwide
2: for all the stores. The for stores. all Kurimi? Yes, all Kurimi stores. Fantastic. Yeah. And then just in case you've got people here listening right now who are interested to actually franchise a Kurimi branch, and this can be anywhere in the country, right?
1: Yep, yep, anywhere
2: in the country, yes. Yeah, so wait, just to, so people just know, you've got Kurimi here in Metro Manila, but what's the farthest Kurimi that you have right now? Uh, right now,
1: uh, it's it spread out from up uh, to Gigarao up north down jensan or sambanga or marawi down down the south and uh of course we are happy and in fact rj you'll be meeting our us kurimi group no? they're coming wow. here flying i think tomorrow night i think huh? to be uh part of the big event we're having like 220 <laughs> rj dami mong bisita iko no? <laughs> <laughs> and these are solid Franchises of the brands, no? In fact, I didn't even invite friends or relatives. These are purely, uh, franchise, uh, franchises and some of the organizations, no? Which I'm involved. In. Of course, uh, is a franchise there. Uh, make Thank sure you so your much. guys the friends
2: from, uh, PFA. And, yes. And the Go Negotiable.
1: Uh, DTI, Go Negotiable, DTI. These are the core, which has been helping, uh, Kurimi for the past, I mean, Milkin Corporation for the past 30 years. So, well, wow, um, of course, I'm very excited because we have the most uh, sort of uh, who's uh, RG. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much which for the kind knows My history.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Yes. So again, they, if they want to, if somebody wants to get a franchise, whom can they? Whom can they contact? Of course, they, they, they can they, just, just on project? our.
1: Of course, check on our website, no, uh, and of course, you can get my number zero nine one
2: seven five six four nine four one four
1: clearly
2: yeah okay thank important. you so much mr richie kuna and again yes. thanks so much for supporting as well my own uh, startup easy franchise yes. in helping yes. Yes. Uh, our ofw entrepreneurs invest in their own franchise of their dreams so again thanks so much richie and we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Argila Desk podcast thanks guys enjoy the rest of your week thank you take care